Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. How are you, Melissa? You know, Renee, I'm doing really well. I just spent um, a weekend with some friends in Wilmington, North Carolina, Mm. aka what is known as East Hollywood. Uh, No, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) By who? Okay, I don't have sources that I can drop in the show notes. I did not realize that was going to garner such a reaction. (laughs) It's so true, though. Okay, so there's a lot of movies and films that were filmed there, like Dawson's Creek. Yeah. um, The Summer I Turned Pretty is actually filmed in Wilmington, Renee. True story. No, I mean, I knew about Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. I know they have a big, like, I think North Carolina gets great tax credits for filming. And so that's mm-hmm. why the state, specifically Wilmington, is a great place for shooting. I have never heard anyone call it East Hollywood. Um, I did not make that happened, up. What happened to New York? Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, okay. Southeast Hollywood. <laughs> no, no, no. If the title is East Hollywood. I'm, I'll have to fact check. Wait, so your weekend. Sorry, we got totally derailed by that revelation. <laughs> no, that's okay. I I forgot to mention to you uh, that, yeah, Summer I Turned Pretty is filmed there. If you're watching that show and you've seen the boardwalk scene – or not boardwalk. Yeah, the boardwalk. Uh, they're at the, like, amusement park. Oh. Arcade scene. Yeah. That's Carolina Beach. Oh, my goodness. Wilmington. Yeah. Wow. Um, but anyway, the <laughs> I was geeking out. My friend was showing me like all of the stuff and pointing out like certain places for the for the show because they also watch it. Um, but they own a boat and so they took us out on the boat. Oh and yeah, that's nice. it was really, really, really beautiful weather. Saw some dolphins. Oh yeah. that's really that's nice. great. Yeah, hung out with some old friends, made made some new friends, mm. and got to finish a like finish a book, hang out with people on on their boat and on the beach. I love that. How was your weekend? It was great. Week. Yes. Um. So since the last time we spoke, it was my birthday, which was amazing. I went to see Beyonce, which was amazing. I was in New York for a while visiting friends. I have a ton of friends, like close friends with birthdays very close to mine. So this past weekend was celebrating me as well, also celebrating some close friends, just being in one of my favorite cities in the world. So it was wonderful. Yeah, lots of good food, parties, good times, (laughs) good weather. I'm glad. What a – you got to celebrate your birthday with Beyonce. Yes, my I turned I, my birthday happened at midnight as I was in the parking lot leaving the concert. So I was like still <laughs> breathing the same air as Queen Bee at this exactly. pivotal moment. It was great. If that's not symbolic, I don't know what is. <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> um, but not to turn the conversation in a different tone, um, because I think we still want to keep it fun and yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are talking about something that unfortunately affects a ton of people, uh, not by choice, and it is layoffs. Uh, That's our topic of the week. And Melissa, why don't you 
open it up because you've kind of hinted on previous episodes that you're going through mm-hmm. a career transition. So tell us where you are. Yeah, it, it, it's a hot topic for sure. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like layoffs have always – like there's always been undertones and conversations around layoffs. But I just feel like it's really, really, really heightened as of late. Um, and maybe it's just heightened because – I am a person who just recently got laid off. I say that giggling, but <laughs> it's a serious thing. But I think it's it's been about a month now. Um, but fun – well, I don't know about fun, but a quick story <laughs> and some context setting. I knew that uh, layoffs were like rumbling at my company for a while. Um, I won't share – too, too, too much detail just because I want to be respectful of of the company and everything that uh, – and everything they're going through. But it was several rounds. I would say like I survived like about five rounds. And I sort of knew that it was, it was coming already. We can talk about this more in the podcast in terms of seeing signs and what you can do in sort of preparation. So I think mentally it all, I had already prepared for it. And there's – just so happened to be the week that I was flying to see Renee. And so I landed in Malaga, Spain at around like what, 8.30 a.m. Yeah. Ubered to the apartment. We caught up for a little bit, got ready, went to lunch. By the time we were done with lunch, so I might have been in Spain for five hours. If that. <laughs> if that, I got the email. <laughs> And this is when, like, Renee had to, like, we had to split off and she had to go to her job. Like, you know, she was working. And and it was actually good because I had some time alone to sort of process what was happening. But, yeah, I – within – when I, once I found out, I had, like, kind of two hours to sort of process it, you know, call my people. I was texting a few coworkers and literally – with palm trees swaying in the back and like my vacation hat and Gucci sunglasses, I had my exit call from work. Like I had a, (laughs) I literally had to jump on a Google meets and yeah, they had to like quote officially lay me off. Um, And, you know, I I definitely had like a few hours of just like roughness of like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Even though I knew it was coming, it's still, hurts, right? It still is like a huge weight to sort of carry around when you just started your vacation. And for me, the biggest like stressor was just like money. And I'm like, oh man, like, I mean, I didn't just go to Spain to not spend money. And now I got laid off and I don't quite have that security blanket like I did. And, you know, I was running, going through a lot of stuff, but I think it ended up being perfect timing because I was able to have Spain as sort of this good distraction of like what's to come and not just like rot back home and be mm-hmm. all the my feelings, which you're allowed to do. You're allowed to have those feelings. But I think for me, it ended up working out better that I was able to literally enjoy a vacation. Um, and I still was able to enjoy it, even though it started off with God. quite a bang. Yeah. I yeah. Mean- I, I hope this doesn't sound insensitive when I say this, but so many smart, talented, great people that I know personally or that I just look up to in the business world have been laid off that mm. unfortunately, like you're in good company, you know, especially yeah. because layoffs, like they're not the same as getting fired, like which to be clear, it's 
everyone I know who's been laid off, it's it's never related to your performance. It's always mm-hmm. a business decision, bottom line. I had a I was actually running through in preparation for this call. I mean, I had a friend just last week get laid off. Um, and I was like, oh, that that's crazy. But I had a, a close friend a couple of years ago. He worked at a huge organization. He texted me on Monday and on a Monday and said, I just got this great praise from the head of my department saying that I was a rock star. They're so excited for all the things that I'm going to do next year, like this big project that I've pulled off with my team, like my my name and my face has been visible, like, like basically the exact kind of feedback you want to get after working on something huge from mm-hmm. someone senior in your organization. And I was like, that's amazing. Like you're crushing it. 48 hours later, he texted me that his whole team department had been, quote, made redundant, which is yeah. corporate speak for we're laying off this whole team. And so he knew just as everyone else knows, like it's not related to performance. Like he had just heard over the moon praise, but there is still a bit of like grief and processing. And like you say, obviously money is the big thing. People have bills to pay. They Mm -hmm. have responsibilities. Even if you have the support of parents or a partner who can financially get you through, it's still really hard. And obviously it's even harder if you don't. So I think it's okay. Not even okay. It's almost encouraged, I think, to allow yourself to emotionally feel what you need to feel. And you did a great job of that. Like when I was going through, <laughs> going through the emotions oh, <laughs> in Spain, and I, you know, I think I remember like we were at dinner. So this was maybe like six hours after it happened. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, how you know? How are you doing? How was your day? And I was like talking about it and I said, okay, this is the last thing that I'm going to say about it. And you were like, no, no, like you th- – like it just happened. You need to process it. Like do all the things that you need to do to do it. But I think for me at the time, um, yes, like I I definitely cried. Like I laughed at first because I sort of knew it was coming and then emotion set in and I got really like emotional about it. And then I realized like that's okay to do it and I'm – really only giving myself permission to cry about it for a day because personally speaking, I knew that's all that I needed for it. Like that's the, the, I gave Mm -hmm. myself permission for one day because I know myself and I know that I'm going to turn it around. Um, So don't take that, like take that at face value. Like people deal with things and grieve very differently. For me, I only wanted to grieve crying the way that I was crying for just that one day and then sort of moving forward and and kind of dealing with dealing with it in, in other ways later on. Um, I've heard people compare getting laid off like getting a divorce. And I feel like that's personally speaking, I'm like, oh, that's like a little intense. Like not that I know what that feels like per se, um, but it, it hits people differently, right? And um, I can't say that the way that that person felt is completely wrong. It's d- very different from how I felt. I felt as if – I did feel like it was a bit of a breakup, but mm. it felt more of like a breakup from somebody you knew you weren't meant to be with anyway. So yeah. it was – yeah. And not that – you know, I'm not bad-mouthing the company I worked for. Like I truly actually had a wonderful experience. I loved my team. It was my first real gig at a corporate company and and I learned so much. But 
when I really, really think about it and ask the question that we're always asking on this podcast of like, what brings you joy and like, what are you passionate about? Um, what I was doing and the team that I was doing it with, like I felt immense passion for, but is it something where I, where I wanted to be in the next five years, even the next three years? No. Um, and so for me, yeah, you know what I mean? It, it felt like a, a breakup that I just didn't have the courage to break off and I was just sort of waiting for them to do it first. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like – and I, I can say this to you because we've done this together. It's kind of like when you're zip lining, or if you're getting ready to do like any sort of dead drops, bungee jump. Sometimes you hesitate to make the jump and there are some places where they'll just push you. They're like, mm. I know that you're going to miss the timing if we leave it up to you. So we're just going to push you out of here. And as much as that's really uncomfortable because we all want to control things um, and, and, you know, there are definitely benefits to feeling prepared and having more things in control. But sometimes those catalysts, even though they're difficult in the moment, and they might be difficult for a while, like, you know, if it, you know, it might take a while for you to get back on your feet. Um, not you, because we're manifesting great things for you and everyone who's <laughs> been laid off. But, you know, like I've had people in my family, people close to me where it has, you know, been a challenge. But sometimes you look back and you're like a year later, two years later, seven years later, two months, whatever that window looks like, you realize, oh, this situation is better. And as much as I didn't want it, maybe I needed that catalyst to mm -hmm. push me, you know, before I was ready. Cause otherwise I might've dragged my feet and I, I'm not, I have not experienced a layoff in my career yet, but I also on the flip side of that, I know the feeling of asking myself questions and saying, Oh, this is the last year I'm going to do this. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to change things tomorrow, next week. And I'm not exaggerating eight years later, be asking or saying the same questions, the same things that sometimes I wonder, like, would an external influence have gotten me where I needed to go faster? Because clearly I'm dragging my feet on some of these things. So, Well, and you know, like when you do, whether it's forced and someone pushes you or you make the jump yourself, it's a lot of work after you jump. Right? Like yeah. we work up this anticipation of the jump or the fall. And the reason why is because there's so much that comes with that next step. And, you know, I've seen, like, I, you know, I wasn't the only person that this, you know, at my company, and I'm not I'm definitely not the only person in the whole world. Like, so many companies, especially tech companies this year, have yeah. laid people off. I mean, like, the big names. Like Google, I think it was earlier this year where they laid off like 12%. And for a company like Google, that's a lot of freaking people. Uh, maybe it was – I don't know. Was it 12% or 12,000 people? It was 12,000 people. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it, the, the numbers were just staggering through a lot of those companies. It Yeah. Yeah. Like 12,000 people. Microsoft, 10,000. Disney, even 7,000. You know, it's like – when you think of that number, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of our economy. Um, and I think what is hard is because, I mean, the job, the the process of finding another job 
is really exhausting. And you can get burnout from that. Like there's a lot of rejection that happens. There's a lot of questioning. There's a lot of just internal confusion and turmoil of of what you need to do and figuring things out of um, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's not so pretty and great that happens after a layoff. Um, but there's also some really good stuff. Like sometimes when you switch jobs, you can get a big pay bump. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can easily get like a 10%, 15%, even maybe 20% um, salary jump when you, when you switch jobs. Um, and you could, it's, it's so hard to think about like, oh no, but like, what if I can't find a company that does this? And it's, it's so like, it's just so nice that I have, okay, I'll, I'll share my personal example, a company where I had unlimited PTO. Again, that's another hot topic that we should probably talk about. But for me, it worked out. (laughs) I I would love it, but I don't (laughs) think they would trust me with it. (laughs) There's some like downfalls. So a lot of companies do it, do unlimited PTO because um, you don't have to pay people out, you know, when yeah. you work up your vacation time. And so it, it, it saves them money. But I, um, I've, I've worked at other companies that have set vacation days and they don't have to pay you out either. I think it's just how they do. Oh. It's, it depends on how the employment's done. I think it's like if you're an at-will employee or – I mean, I'm good. I don't know employment law, so don't quote don't me on either. the terms. But I've had some companies where you get paid out for unused days, and others where you don't. So they encourage you. They're like, mm. "You're not, a, don't martyr yourself because we're, you're not getting paid to work these extra mm. days. So take them." Yeah. yeah, and it's the culture too. I mean, I don't. I believe in a generous PTO. Um, you could cap it at instead of like unlimited PTO, maybe it's like a minimum PTO, like. Minimum of like three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, just thinking like what if I don't find these perks somewhere else? And it's the people thing that I think that's the hardest to let go when you've made really strong connections with people you work with. Even if it's not like you're going to be best friends with them for the rest of your life, but it's just people that you're just solid with. And that's really hard to find. And so it's really hard for people to step out of that and and think of what they could have because they don't want to let go of what they do have. Um, so it's hard to maintain sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I have many close friends who I've maintained, you know, through past jobs. And I'm so grateful for that. I think I've mentioned it before. Like I've gone to weddings with people, like we've gone on trips years after working together and that's beautiful. But I've also had people that I've worked with who were so important to me in that environment, but pulling us out of that shared company, there just weren't enough points of contact to like keep the relationship as strong. And I mean, sometimes that just happens in life. Some people stick Mm -hmm. around, some people don't. But that is a bit of grieving too, because for however many months or years you were, you know, people joke and say work wife, work husband. But some of these people felt like family because I spoke to them every day, like five days a week. And then I just, we don't, we don't have a reason to talk in the same way. We just don't have as much in common. And, And that is a bit of Mm-hmm. A bit of grieving too. Um, I want to share this quote. So I read an article in the New York Times, a couple of years old, on how to manage the emotional impact of getting laid off. 
And I really like this quote comes from Melody Wilding. She was quoted in the article. She's the author of a book, Trust Yourself, Stop Overthinking, Master Your Emotions, and Channel Your Ambition for Success. But in this piece on getting laid off, she says, probably the most compelling thing you can do is own your own narrative. Allow yourself Mm. to wallow and even grieve. But the next critical step is to create some sort of meaning. And I think she really gets at what you're talking about in that you need to process however long that takes or whatever that emotional processing looks like. But it does help if you can then say, like you said, I had a beautiful experience at my job, but it wasn't forever. So maybe the meaning of this is that it it's pushing me in X direction. And I think mm-hmm. that does help because for many people, myself included, sometimes there's a fine line between feeling your emotions and overindulging them to the point where you start spiraling. Like mm-hmm. there is a ledge where it gets to be unhelpful and you're just sad all the time, or you're just angry all the time. And it's like, you can feel angry, you can feel sad. And again, that's going to look different for every person. But there is a window where, okay, am I going to complain about the same thing six months later? I Mm -hmm. don't know if that's as helpful anymore. If I'm not getting the same relief that I got the first couple weeks, I was complaining, you know? So I think finding creating that meaning is probably helpful. Yes. I like that a lot. And, you know, people have their own timelines. So give yourself, we talk about this all the time. I'm like a broken record here of like giving yourself the grace and then like the space that you need mm-hmm. to, to cope. And there are, you know, for me, this, I mean, this happened a month ago, pretty much almost. And for all the folks listening, like I haven't even, tried to get a new job. Um, And for me, I needed to give myself that space. Mm -hmm. And I'm not – I'm like I'm almost ready to jump back in. But every – I swear, every time we do an episode or prepare for one, I feel like I just get an inch closer to what – find – like to what sort of career I could find meaning in. Mm. And I'm asking myself some like really good questions during this this time period of like, is this exciting? Like does this excite me? Um, What does excite me? And even with our conversation with Emily, the life and success um, coach that we had a few episodes ago, um, she even said like, you know, not knowing – or knowing what you don't like is a step in the right direction. And that helped me figure out, okay, here are the types of roles that I'm not going to apply for moving forward. Um, even though pretty much those are – I ha- I had some really, really great people in my network that I worked with um, at my old place. And they just, they're just constantly in the best way possible, like flooding me with job positions. And every time I open it, even though it's not like the perfect job, I feel like it gets me closer to it because I read Mm. it and then I just sort of judge my reaction of like, oh, interesting. They said that this would be perfect for me. And then I'm reading it and I'm like, I don't think it is. And instead of like being angry because I'm not pleased, like old coworkers, friends, family continue to send me jobs because it really is helpful. It has helped me realize like, okay, you're right. I don't want that anymore. And that's mm. okay. 
even though part of me like knows the types of jobs that they're, they're sending me could put me in a better position like financially, just in a little bit more job security than what I'm looking for. And that's okay that I don't want it because it's not bringing me the sort of like joy that another type of job would. Um, yeah. And so I, I think this, you know, there are, and then there are other folks who got laid off in the same sort of round with me. Not even kidding you. A week later, they got a new job. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. And so people, you're you're on yeah. your own timeline. This is a reminder for myself. Um, don't feel rushed. You know, do what you need to do. Like you are the only person who knows how much like financial buffer that you have. Um, I think one of the best advice anyone has ever given me, even though I can't say that I've always listened to it, is don't be in a period of desperation looking for a job, which I know is really, really, really difficult when you get laid off because yeah. it, it, it really puts you in a desperate position. The need, it becomes less of a want and more of a need. And yeah, and I – because like knowing me, like I should have looked while I already was happy in a job. That's, the, that's when they say is the best time to look for a job is when you're already happy in a job. Um, so that you're not ever put in a position of like desperation. I know layoffs sort of make us do that. So I can't sit here and say that from like a I, you know, I think in a in a spot of privilege just because of, you know, where I am and I, you know, I feel like I have a little bit of a buffer, but and a lot of people don't, and that really freaking sucks. And there's just like a dark side of layoffs in general and in, in our culture and how we're not set up and setting our society up for success with that. But anyway, <laughs> we don't have to yeah. go down that rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, I mean like different companies also like handle it differently. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, there are a lot of companies who give like six months and there's a lot of companies who give nothing. And I wish that there was a better system that equalized that so that we are put in better positions to not feel like we have to get a job out of desperation. But I – anyway, I'm trying to channel that and making sure that whatever I do next, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to be my dream job per se, but I know it's going to get me closer to that if I give myself the the space to think a little bit harder. And I hope that the company that I apply for um, accepts that and acknowledges that. And I think I think we're in a culture of like gaps are okay now. <laughs> Um, and if the company that I apply for one day kind of is like, well, why did what you know, why did you wait so long to get another job? Quote, so long. Um, I'm gonna, you know, and I and I share my answer and they don't like it, it's probably not the place for me. Yeah. Well, it's also like you could have also been trying from day one and it just like I know people where it's taken years. Yeah, you know, true. it's Getting employment, especially employment that you enjoy, is that's all just the way the same way that being laid off does not reflect your value, talent, and skills. Your mm -hmm. speed at getting a new job also does not always reflect your value, talent, and skills. There's so many elements that come into play. Um, it could be networking, some people just have like really 
big networks and also really Mm -hmm. warm networks where they're in touch with their contacts all the time. Some people, I've seen people suffer because of ageism and other kind of discrimination. I've seen people struggle um, if they're trying to career pivot, um, just depending on how how they're able to do that. Some people interview well, you know, other people don't interview well, but once you put them in the position, they're a rock star. They thrive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, and and you have the opposite as well, (laughs) where people interview well and like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so they're just there. I, for anyone going through that. And like I said, it's not happened to me, but it's happened to, you know, friends, family members, Mm -hmm. people that I love dearly to, it's hard to easier said than done, but like really try not to attach your, your value or your worth. Yes. To, to what has happened and how quickly it takes you to feel like you're on solid ground again, Mm -hmm. because there are just so many, so many things that can happen. Uh, You mentioned though, Melissa, which I think is really smart about preparing like sort of the things you can be doing if you, think that a layoff is coming in your company. And one thing that I want to mention, because it's something that I think we should all think about, not that I'm good at this, but I'm trying to be better, is that you shouldn't only wait for signs that your company is, you know, financially underperforming to be anxious about layoffs. I've mentioned this book in previous episodes, Necessary Endings, um, which is a great business book by Dr. Henry Cloud. But in it, he says, which I agree with, there is some number of people in every organization who will be routinely let go if leadership is doing its stewardship job well. I think jo- mm. layoffs are just a part of life the same way breakups are a part of life, the same way other bad things happen. Like We should just all expect that at some point in our lives, we may be in a situation where we could be laid off. A company mm-hmm. could get sold to a new organization. And then in that transition, even if the company is doing really well, there is a shakeup. Like we should always be preparing. And I read an article, there's so many work buzzwords these days, but this Fast Company article mentioned this concept of career cushioning, which means pushing for whatever comes next in the economy and the job market. It's taking actions that keep your options open. It's like an insurance policy to set yourself up for success no matter what is to come. It Mm. is hard to cushion while you're in a job, especially while you're in a job that you enjoy. Because like you said, searching for another job is is a job in itself. It takes up a lot of time. And it is exhausting to be like, I'm doing my job. I'm being an active person in my life. But I'm also supposed to be like reaching out to seven people in my network each week just so that they still remember who I am. And I'm supposed to be doing all these skills learnings and, 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 you know, it just feels like there's a (laughs) lot on your plate, um, which is why many of us, myself included, (laughs) are not great about this. But I think this is one of the few sort of work buzzwords that I actually liked because it's a concept that I- It's a new one for me. I'd never heard of it. Career cushioning. I, I feel like so many of the buzzwords are just- you know, targeted at like attacking employees, like quiet quitting, like da da da, like mm. you guys don't want to work. Great, great resignation. <laughs> exactly, like just like shitting on us. But like, this <laughs> one, I think, is really empowering, and it's a good way to think of what can I be doing ahead mm-hmm. of time. Um, again, not just like when the company says, "Oh, we can't make payroll," but <laughs> like ahead, just always ongoing. And then especially if you are, if you've already been laid off and something's already happened, you can still do that cushioning work 
to, mm-hmm. to keep setting yourself up for success, you know, whether it's for the next immediate job or the job after the job, you know, to just like keep that, keep that preparation in the background. Yeah. That, I like that buzzword. I think it first, again, first time I've heard that it makes total sense to me. I mean, in a similar way of how we create a buffer for like for ourselves financially, right. With an emergency savings, um, that totally makes sense for us to do the same for our careers. I mean, there's the reason why most of us work, if not all of us work, um, is because of money and to make sure we are able to sustain a certain life for ourselves. Um, so I like that career cushioning. I think some things that I also could have done better while I had a stable job and a stable income coming in and not waited to this point of being laid off is I think one of my favorite things to do is following the companies that you admire the most, even if they feel like a long shot on LinkedIn and any social account that you or social platform that you want. Um, and always I, the whenever I land on a on a and a company that I love, let's say Pet Folk, my dog's vet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to continue to manifest this. The first place that I go after the homepage and look at whatever information that I need is careers. I scroll to the bottom to that footer and I hit on careers. Even, you know, just to check, you just never know. And even if I'm like blissfully happy in this job that I had or, you know, whatever, I always look because I'm always intrigued to see what companies and brands that I love and respect and admire what they're looking for. Mm. And you just never know. I may never ever take the step to actually do the application. Um, but yeah, just always check. I'm always checking on like Buffer oh, yeah. <laughs> is another great social platform, um, scheduling tool. Uh, they have just like this amazing culture that I've seen and their jobs are like hot, 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 hot. It's so hot. They're so hot that they created just recently. I'll share the link in the show notes. Um, something called a talent pool where they're just – they're like – they just know their audience of of potential uh, candidates. And, uh, so they're like, hey, I know that we don't hire a lot and that people are very, very interested. So they created a talent pool to help just keep that talent coming and keeping communications for whenever they have a job opening. So they haven't done it for the marketing team yet. Nudge, nudge. (laughs) Nudge, nudge. But they did it. They have one for the engineering team. Um, So if any engineers are out there and want to join the Buffer Talent Pool. But yeah, I think there's – we can bounce on a couple more ideas. But I think one – it's just keeping your feet in there, right? Like – Keeping the brands that you love. I think that's a great tip. You never tip. know. Yeah, that's a that's a great tip. Um, I love that. I say following on LinkedIn is probably the probably the best for career type of information. Right. Yeah. Um, um I will take that a next step further. And this is a tip from my friend who has gotten jobs at major companies, um, like Fortune 500, Fortune 50, like global brands, not through networking, which obviously networking is number one, making sure that you know people or that you re- you meet people. I think that's critical. But she has gotten them 
through cold interactions, just cold outreach. And I think that's something that many people are hesitant to do. They feel a little uncomfortable reaching out um, to someone they don't know, myself included sometimes, but it can be successful. Like she has reached out just on LinkedIn, you know, asking to pick people's brains, like if they are higher up in a certain function that she's working in. And you don't hear back from everyone, but she's had people who get on the phone with her, chat with her for 15 or 20 minutes, just so she can learn more about the culture, how it works, kind of impress them gently with some of the sharp questions that she asks and some of the insights she shares so that when she's going through these application pools, which if you've never applied to a job at some of these big organizations, and I'm talking thousands, tens of thousands of employees globally, a lot of times your application is just screened by AI and algorithms more now than ever before it gets to a real person. So a ton of great candidates aren't even getting their resumes or CVs in front of the HR department because some tool is just filtering you out based on buzzwords and and other criteria. But when you do these cold calls with people, sometimes they might allow you to like use their name, not as a reference. They've never worked with you. They're not going to like over endorse you and they don't know you, but some of them might say, I can forward your stuff to the HR department. And sometimes even just that act of saying an employee at the company will forward the resume versus it just goes into the ether with the other 70,000 people who want to work at HBO. Like that makes a difference because at least it's getting in front of a person. So in addition to like technology, sometimes old school, just like talking to someone, emailing, getting in front of a real person. I think with all this AI algorithm stuff, like we shouldn't lose the benefit of like having another human being, like just give you a little leg leg up, you know, or give you some time even to just say, okay, they've given me some insight into the company. This is somewhere I want to work. Or they did mention things that stand out more based on other people that they see. It it just, it can be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, I've never done that. <laughs> that actually sounds so scary. Yeah. She's done it like twice. A- just cold, cold messages on LinkedIn. And she's like gotten um, – I won't say where she works now just in case she's private about mm-hmm. it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you offline. But it is companies that people on every continent know and probably mm-hmm. consume. Like household brand names. Household brand names consume their products um, like – top companies. I mean, her resume looks Mm. great. And it's not from coming from this background where she just knows everybody. Yes, if you Mm -hmm. have that, that's great. But you can also create that if you weren't grandfathered in through like Mm -hmm. legacy parents, generational wealth, whatever. You know, Renee, I just lied to you. Um, I didn't cold (laughs) – I just lied. (laughs) It wasn't a cold – it wasn't a cold email for a job. But, okay, quick tangent, brand story. I live for positive brand experiences. Um, and just – we talked about this, what, an episode or two ago about pet folk and and how your brand, you know, sort of like the, the lanes of communication should always be cohesive and coherent, blah, 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 blah. Um, but there there's this – uh, dessert called I'm gonna say it wrong because I can't speak French, but like Le Petit, and they're like these 
hate it's like chocolate or like vanilla almost like puddings but they make other desserts wait these are not for dogs right no 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 okay as you said chocolate (laughs) no no no. these are human treats (laughs) okay cute (laughs) and they come in these like really cute like glass jars that you can repurpose and you can buy like tops for um but I just freaked out over the brand. They, I just think their branding's beautiful. Uh, their like little mascot wears like a beret because it's all like French and whatever. And you like, oh, the packaging's beautiful. You open up the package. It has like a whole story underneath where you open it. Anyway, so of course I go on their website. Of course I go to careers. Of course I start creeping around on LinkedIn. I follow them on LinkedIn and I'm just like, geeking over like who works for their marketing team. And I clicked on someone's profile. And um, obviously on LinkedIn, you can see who views your profile. So the next day, she views my profile. And I'm like, <gasps> why'd I do that? And then, I, and then you know, like that fear. Yeah. Like, no, like you should yep. be confident. Like it's okay. Like, you know, your resume is all right. And so I decided, okay, let me just like reach out to her. So I reached out to her and I just said, you know, something along the lines of like, hey, um, and I, I decided to connect with her. And I like co- said connect and I sent her a little message and I, and I just wanted to give her a compliment on all the work that they did on the brand and their marketing. And we had like a couple backs and forth. She said really nice things. And then she asked for my address because she just wanted to send me something from the brand. And it Aww. was like some like coupons, you know. And it was just like really a, a, a sweet, more like innocent inter- interaction. So I guess I technically have like cold emailed. That's actually now that you're a saying company, this. I realize but you never know. I have cold emailed people and like film festivals and stuff. And that's how I've like gotten like volunteer gigs and like other yeah. things. But yeah, it, it definitely works. I, I I have another friend. Let me just like airing out all of my friends' personal business. Um, <laughs> I have another friend who out of – grad school just really wanted to write for this particular publication. And so she emailed them every week and they just kept being like, we don't have any openings. We don't have any openings. And she just kept harassing them politely and professionally (laughs) till eventually the editor said, fine, write me a piece, send it to me and I'll take a look at it. She did it. Obviously the work has to match the energy Mm -hmm. and her work was good. She ended up getting a gig writing for them she has moved on to multiple different places and she just got a new job placement at like the top, I would say one of the top two outlets in her industry, like in that vertical. And so she's doing on-camera interviews. She's doing written things online and print and her career is just sparkling. And it came from, again, she didn't have an in and she's just reaching out and she, she was able to get in touch with someone who gave her a chance, you know? It's like, yeah. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Ooh. Did you just make that up? No, I think I heard Kelly Ripa say it, but I don't oh. know if she's the original source, <laughs> but I love that. Just like stay prepared. So like, you know, what do they call it? Like preparation, like opportunity, luck meets preparation and plus opportunity or something. I don't know. Basically just like yeah. keep yourself ready so that when the moment arrives, you are ready to meet the moment. And if it's not yeah. coming to you, do not be shy about creating the moment. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> really, you said that? You, it just like rolled off your tongue? I was like, I swear to God, she just made that up. <laughs> no. Um, and I'm going to fact check myself for a minute. The 
what I, the brand I was talking about, just in case you're going to look it up like right now in real time, is Petite Pot. Again, wait, do they do prob- yogurts? That's what it is. It's like yeah, a, it's the like French. Um, I've seen it in the store. Those little French yogurts. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little. I don't. It's more like pudding to me than yogurt, but maybe it's technically yogurt. It's like I, a cream. I don't I'm know. Lactose intolerant, so I can't eat any of it. But you probably I've can't s- have. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the packaging, and it is the cute. packaging, the branding. Definitely, will drop the link in show notes. Um, but yeah, I like I like that advice, and I'll also say, I mean. Being able to invest in like a you know career coach like Emily or um, I also have a friend, an old coworker actually, um, and she started. I'll have to send her. I have to send her website in our show notes. But she uh, worked in human resources and on the not human resources. She worked on the talent acquisition team, and so she has had years and years of experience, like you mentioned before, understanding what those bots, <laughs> what yeah. those like filters are looking for and help build your resume to uh, be able to get through those the, in the best way possible. So, you know, like in, if you are able to invest and work one-on-one with individuals like that who have decades of experience or have experience in general of helping and guiding you to figure out what you want to do in your career or just knowing like, okay, these are the types of jobs you're going for. I have helped you know, engineers find jobs with Google. Here's what I know Google's looking for. Mm-hmm. That's also, you know, something that you can do while you already have a job. That's um, a good and tip. I think just reading job descriptions. Like I – a lot of what I – probably like 25% of the time I spend on LinkedIn is just reading job descriptions, understanding what titles companies are looking for. Um how they describe what they're looking for mm-hmm. in the role, um, looking at what salaries are and doing that research so that, A, when you're looking for a promotion within your company, you have that research. Um, I would love more advice on how to better do that. So anyone, if you have any advice on like how to get your your true like market value, um, let me know. But I think that too, just like knowing yeah. what your your worth is monetarily. I think that um, is really – that is helpful. You're right. Just so that you don't start off at a disadvantage and are constantly fighting to mm-hmm. meet what you should be earning. Uh, I think that's important. I think when you mentioned online, in addition to reading job descriptions, um, you know, I just lost it. <laughs> I saw it kind of just like wither You're, away. I know. You just saw my eyes starting to like glaze over. Like, like flutter what a on bit. earth was I going to say? <laughs> it'll come back up. It'll, it'll. it'll come back up. Um, but yeah, I've like saved um, when I was really – this was several years ago. But it, when I was really trying to switch from like just doing social media and, and doing more like holistic brand work, um, I literally copied and pasted titles that had – the word brand in it. I just like copied them all in a document and started highlighting the ones that I thought I wanted and started like manifesting that. Um, I like so I think, that. you know, just like doing kind of like exercises like that I think are are good for you while you still have your job, just putting it out there and chipping away and sort of understanding what, what you want and what yeah. you don't want. 
And I remember what I was going to say um, as Good. we start to like round this out. <laughs> I think when you get to the point of interviewing or like starting conversations about a new job, which you will. And if, you, if you've been in this slog for a while and you're having a hard time, all I can do is just say that like Melissa and I are sending you so much encouragement and support mm-hmm. because we know it is really discouraging and it can be really emotional just to to work back to that. But when you get to that point and everyone's going to get there, we believe it, um, to talk about your career history, don't, don't feel bad about explaining to someone that you've been laid off. I know sometimes people might hesitate to say mm-hmm. that it was a layoff and they, they want to pretend that they're looking to leave of their own volition or they're, I don't know if they're shame or just embarrassment or what, but I mean, so many people have been caught up in these, whatever you want to call it, layoffs, restructuring, reorganizations, mm-hmm. you know, all of these like different terms people use. So don't, I think it's okay to own that. Yes, I was a part of this. Again, it does not reflect my value, my contributions and what I can give to you. But I know just, just be honest about your story. I think, I think so many people, especially in a year like this year where there have just been headlines and headlines about layoffs. No employer worth working for will see you being caught up in a layoff as mm-hmm. informing anything about what you can bring to them in the future. So don't feel bad about it. it it's it's a part of life. I think I, I think it's going to happen to most of us at, at some point in some at way. At least once. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I know people who've been laid off several times who are rock stars. They wouldn't keep getting jobs if they weren't, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. I like that. Thank you for that. I needed that reminder too, right? Like at first, that first week is kind of hard sort of like letting people know. Mm. Like it's, you know, there's there's a lot of weird emotions that surface from it. Guilt, shame, embarrassment, um, anxiousness, worry. Like I could go on and on. Um, but it's it is a moment of discomfort. <laughs> For yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, I, I hope all of us. I'm putting us in there because I'm I'm in the I'm in the boat with you. You know, I've, I I it's cliche, but I, I do believe in that. Like in this case, like th- it, this happens for a reason, and it's just going to move you towards something even brighter and better. Um, and I guess what I'll end with this is an article from Talkspace. And it's titled How to Cope with Being I Laid Off. That. Do you have that one? I don't love the picture that they used for it. Um, but it yeah, so they they talk a lot about how getting laid off can feel and it is like a very devastating experience, but it's not one that has to define you, which I appreciate. And um when we share the article, it's going to go into each and every one of these steps. But I do like the the eight that they mentioned, which is eight tips for how to deal with emotions after a layoff. A, acknowledging your feelings. Two, try not to take it personally. Three, be kind to yourself. Four, talk to a therapist. Five, avoid unhealthy coping skills. Six, adopt a new outlook. Seven, don't burn yourself out looking for a new job. And eight, be open to new experiences. Um, so these all sound very like easy to to do on like, you know, like surface level. 
Um, but as I was reading the article, you know, I, I appreciated them and their outlook of, of how to acknowledge this big thing that happened. It's, it is a big thing. Um, and that I liked the whole being open to new experiences. Yeah. And like being devastated, but not letting it define you. Yeah. I th- it's I think okay that's to nice. Yeah. Live in that, live in that emotion for, for a hot minute. Um, and then once you're able to hopefully run out of that or, or crawl or whatever pace that you need, you can find that, find that bright light again and, f- you know, and figure out, you know what, this is, this is a good thing. I'm going to, I'm going to find something better. <laughs> I love that. Let's end there. I think that that's such a, mm-hmm. that feels like a nice, like bright light to end on. Um. Well, another bright thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love this segue. The segue? <laughs> That's, that's good. Segue. That's good. Um, <laughs> speaking of bright things, what's your gold star? So my gold star this week is a – I don't know if they're called a chain, but they have many locations of restaurants called Planta. Mm. So Planta is all plant-based vegan food, and it is delicious. I had Planta for the first time earlier this year – in Miami on a girl's trip. A lot of my friends are vegan or vegetarian. So it kind of satisfied most palates. I'm a carnivore. I eat everything. But (laughs) as someone who loves meat and fish, I mean, it was one of the best meals I'd ever had. It was, they have like an Asian influence. So their sushi is top notch. Like it is some of the best sushi I've ever had. We had like- Really? Melissa- you will die. I had it again this weekend because I first thought it was just a Miami thing. You know how thing. I feel about like sashimi though and like nigiri. Okay. So I had it <laughs> yesterday with one of my good friends. We went and had lunch at the New York lo- one of the New York locations. They had a eggplant nigiri that was – and I'm not even Ooh, someone who's crazy like, about eggplant. Like I like oh, it. I like eggplant. I'm not like going to like die over eggplant. This was the best thing I ever had. It was eggplant with like truffle on it. And it was so smoky mm. and warm, delicious. They have a crispy rice. It looks like a tuna crispy rice. But what they do is um, somehow it's like ahi, like watermelon is what they use to kind of Ooh. replicate the tuna. I mean, we had other things, noodles, brunch dishes. Everything was fantastic. I have to give a special shout out to the sushi though. But yeah, it's called Planta. They have locations in Atlanta, LA, Florida, New York, Toronto, DC area, Chicago, and they're expanding. So if you ever have access to it, it's fantastic. It's great if you're a vegan vegetarian. If you're like me and that is not your full-time diet, (laughs) it is still so delicious that you do not miss the dairy, meat, fish, whatever you normally eat. It's Multiple gold stars to Planta. I love it. Okay, I gotta try it. It's, it's so, great. When you said something about like watermelon, like cooked watermelon, like I, I got the vision. I, yeah. I could see how it, that's really tasty. It looks like tuna on crispy rice, but it is not, and it's as good, if not better. It's because it's mm. not trying to really be tuna. It's just being its own thing, and it's so yeah. delicious. 
It's, I love it. It's not trying to be tuna. Yeah, because you know, I'm not crazy about like the fake meats with like all sorts of like weird yeah. ultra processed stuff. Um, I mm-hmm. like that this is cleaner. It's just like we're just doing other – Like veg- you know you're eating yeah. watermelon. Yeah. They're not trying to give it a fishy flavor. Yeah. And oh God, please don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Keep watermelon authentic. Yeah. Um, dude, watermelon should just be my gold star. So mine's random, but very much linked to what I did this weekend, which was hanging out on a boat in Wilmington. Um, And it's just – I think my gold star is just like being outside. So simple. They say that you – like, yeah, like sun – like getting bursts of sunshine throughout your day is really important because it's, you know, gives you all the vitamin D. Um, And I – you know, I like – it's really easy to not go outside. And I I'm saying this as someone who doesn't always go outside. Luckily I have a dog that sort of forces me to go outside like at least 3 times a day, but there are moments when, you know, my partner's doing it and takes takes our dog outside and I just stay inside all day and it really does affect your mood and it like science is real. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, go outside. That's my gold star. Go outside. Enjoy the sun. Please wear protection. Always protect your skin. But it works. <laughs> the sun works. And also an honorary shout out because we were on a boat to all of these creative boat names. <laughs> Ooh, what are some of the best ones? <laughs> so the two that I saw – three. The three that I saw this weekend was vitamin C. S-E-A. I love it. The boat like went by us and I just looked at Eric and Eric looked at me and we just giggled because we both saw it. (laughs) Um, Another one was Get Real, R-E-E-L, like a fishing Oh, look at these puns. I know. I love the puns. And then the third one that I saw uh, that was memorable was um, Social Distancing. (laughs) 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 No, I'm trying to That that's a newer boat, and we love that. That's a newer boat. That's a that's a 2020 and up model. Yeah, um, I'm sure there was a lot more, but I you know wasn't just like reading them. They're just ones that I saw. So that's an honorary gold star. But yeah, the sun, the sun, the baby. Sun. I the lo- sun is the oldest, I love it. The star, the sun, the sea, just being outside. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa, what are you manifesting this week? Ooh, okay. I was going to try to find the source um, and it just wasn't working <laughs> to do it because one of them Kelly said – <laughs> Yeah. Someone said like Plato said this quote and then the other person said Robin Williams. Um, so <laughs> Same very <thing>. different generations. <laughs> um, but essentially it's everyone you meet is fighting their own battle. And I don't know if it's more of like a manifestation, but more of just like a statement that I think we all need to hear and we all need to be reminded of, mm-hmm. myself included, in that you just never know what someone is going through. And I think most of the time, most of the time, it's like never malicious. And just to like take that in and understand that people – Life is hard. (laughs) Growing up is hard and people are just going through a lot of things and you just never know that. 
um, and just extend kindness, extend patience, extend grace, um, and that we all we all are really just trying to do our best with what's given to us. And so that's like just like a nice reminder more than a manifestation, I would say. But anyway, yeah, I guess that's a great the manifestation reminder. is kindness. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, myself included to make sure like if someone's treating me really weird, um, it's probably not me. It's probably they're just going through some going through some tough shit. Yeah. Because we I all like got our that. own shit. We all got a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to get through life without some, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you, Renee? My manifestation this week is short and sweet. It is why not me? I think so many times we can get in mm. our heads and we reject ourselves before someone else rejects us. We count ourselves out before someone else can exclude us. And I think it's, I just want to manifest that energy of why not me? You know, who, it doesn't matter if I don't look like everyone who came before me or if my background's a little different, my resume doesn't have the same sparkle or whatever. I, I think it's just, it's a good reminder to just don't count yourself out before other people do. I know it's a common mm-hmm. it's a common self-defense mechanism. I've definitely used it in many ways. Um, so I I empathize and I, I feel that, but why not? I was actually watching after I decided this was gonna be my manifestation for the week, I saw a video on YouTube which kind of cemented it. It was with America Ferreira, actress, mm. love her. I just like want to be her friend. Um I just want to be her. (laughs) Right? She's she's just so likable. And like, I just, I don't know, I just vibe with her. But she was doing a video for, I think it was Harper's Bazaar UK about life lessons. And she was talking about her career. And she said, you know, I was just this teenage girl, the daughter of Honduran immigrants. I didn't look like the hot young teen girls who were kind of making waves in movies and TV shows. But I just had this sort of outsized confidence that I could make it. Like, I I deserve to have this dream just as much as anyone else. And obviously, her career started as, at a young age. Real women have curves, sisterhood of the traveling pants. And it is just a good reminder that why not me? So who cares if everyone else looks different? Or who cares if they did things differently before I came along? Well, I'm here now. So they're going to have to switch mm-hmm. it up. Because it's me, <laughs> you know. I, th- I think just like, like I don't know, toot your own horn sometimes. I I think that's good. <sighs> I like that. And <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Hillary Duff when you, at first you said that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, I'm gonna link the YouTube music video. Oh, I thought you were gonna her- give us a, a serenade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> but the, I do like her. Like, why not? Why not take, take crazy a crazy chance? chance? I mean, those lyrics probably are exactly what we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah. And I think Renee, this speaks to you. Why not do a crazy dance? <laughs> oh, I always will do a dance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Sh- <laughs> Yeah, but those are the manifestations. I like the manifestation (laughs) in America. Yeah. Um, 
Before we end, I just want to give a quick shout out. Our next book club is going to be Marie Forleo's Everything is Figureoutable. And we're going to do that episode on September 6th. So if you want to read along with us, if you want to start looking up about who Marie Forleo is, getting involved in this great mantra she has that everything in life is figureoutable, uh, pick up a copy of the book or, you know, just start doing your research and join us on September 6th. I'm really excited for that one. My old coworker, I think I mentioned this before, bought me a little sign that says everything is figure outable. Um, and so she's manifested this book club. Oh, <laughs> premonition. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you all for being here and hope you have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.